Welcome to How Did This Get Played, a premium DLC. Premium DLC. Premium DLC. <laughs> mm, premium DLC. Uh, uh, I don't do any voices. Donkey, <laughs> premium DLC. Oh, my God. Oh, no. God, no. No. <laughs> I don't do any. I got this one. This is the one I wow. got. It sucks. Wow. It, it, th- that was that was like uh, you were just like, I don't play. I don't know. I don't play basketball. And then you just tried to execute a tomahawk slam dunk. <laughs> no, that was like. Ted Cruz doing the Simpsons characters. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like so imp- doing, someone doing an impression of something he's heard of. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm going to edit hey, it. Hey, this, uh, this way, <laughs> hey, I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. <laughs> I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Edge and. You know what? Uh, we get these DLC episodes where we just sort of mess around. We have some fun. And sometimes we interact with you, the fans, specifically those of you who subscribe to Stitcher Premium. And it's t- so that means because we treasure you the most. Yeah. Yeah. We're not like those other fucking uh, freeloaders. No. The, the free stuff. You, you are favorite little, our favorite little listeners. You're pulling your weight. You have stake in the game. And for you, it's time for another installment of the Super Question Block Turbo Deluxe Edition. Whole, whole bunch of questions. Oh no, I'm wearing that that Question Block helmet, and I'm running around, coins everywhere. Oh man. What a mess. Oops, all questions. That's right. And let's get into the first one. I'm thinking about this now, though. Wouldn't it be funny if people are submitting questions to the super uh, question block and they're not a subscriber to premium, uh, the Stitcher Premium? What a it fool has they to happen. Be. Yeah, well, I'm sure that they would. their question gets sent and they're just like, oh, I guess they never answered mine. Here, Meanwhile, teacher, we gave this. I did an extra book report for fun. <laughs> you freak. <laughs> Boy, I bet there is a there, there's gonna there's a dystopian future ahead of us where there's like a school plus, right? Like a premium subscriber oh, school God, where you get yeah. extra instruction. I guess there that kind of does exist right now with charter schools and private schools, but or maybe there's a say, way that they can monetize public schools. It's called schooling in the United States. The system isn't balanced, Nick. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> it's tiered based on how much money you make. Oh yeah, yes. Uh, and uh, in many cases, your ethnicity. This first question comes from (laughs) Matthew A. Sprague from our email, and the subject, favorite video game mags. And then he says, hi, folks. What was your favorite video game magazine to read? Not Nintendo Power, growing up. 
Baby Matt can just name his favorite video game website. I've seen a magazine. I used to have a magazine subscription. I'll tell you what it was. Uh, as a kid, I remember <laughs> the first mag subscription I ever had was Nintendo Power. Oh, so it can be yours. As I got older, I was working through a lot with this guy, I guess. Um, as I got older... I moved on to GamePro, EGM, etc. My all-time favorite was PSM. It was an unofficial for a time PlayStation magazine. I read that thing each month. I read that thing each month cover to cover. Thanks, Matt. So what was your favorite video game magazines? Great question. Hmm. My answer is actually skewed towards my initial gaming fandom, which was computer games, PC games. And the magazine that I subscribe to that I look forward to receiving every month and reading cover to cover and dreaming about its contents, is Computer Gaming World. Uh, this was an old-school magazine that, st- I, at some point, it switched titles from Computer Gaming World just to Computer Games or Computer Gaming. Um, it dropped the world, like, Facebook-style. And <laughs> it, uh, it, I don't remember exactly when that was, but that's when it started to tail off in quality. It got acquired by, you know, Ziff Davis, which was a like a big conglomerate and kind of, you know, some of it's, it went from being in this indie publication uh, to being a little bit more corporate naturally, although that was a slow fade. Uh, and um, it was just like, it was, uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was, I, it, it was awesome. And it was, it kind of predated like the, I, I think a big part, and you, you know this better than, than, than any of us, Heather, having worked as a games journalist, but there is kind of that, like, you know, thumb on the scale from advertisers aspect huh. that invades, you know, game reviewing that I don't think was ever, was really a presence with this game, with this publication. So, so you knew that I wrote for a gaming magazine, but you uh-huh. chose a different magazine is your favorite. That's weird. That's right. Weird. It's a little weird because I spent years of my life writing a gaming magazine. This question is, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you know, your favorite gaming magazines. But, but so I thought, OK, well, the benefit of the doubt, he, he, maybe he didn't even know that I, I wrote for a magazine, but he did. He did. Yeah, I knew, knew. it. You yeah, knew, I knew it. it. You knew it. No, I was thinking of it the whole time. But I'll say this, that <laughs> the question was framed. Uh, here, here, uh, take that. The question was framed as what was your favorite VG magazine to read growing up? Yeah, growing I don't give a shit. Up. I don't give, I don't get, you're still growing up. We're the up. same age. You, you are still growing up. You are not an adult How yet. How dare you? <laughs> I'm you, a man. You laugh. Drink your bottle, at, bitch. It's like, I... <laughs> <laughs> like I, I mentioned oh hey look there's a banana as a power up in this video game and you're like that looks like a dick uh-huh oh man imagine if it was fucking something and yet at the same time you're like i'm an adult I, I don't i'm see not the laughing at here. the premise i'm laughing at heather making fun of uh, you know what i'm cultured i'm a little i'm above that kind of stuff <laughs> My my favorite magazine growing up was Sega Visions, which was the official Sega game thing, just like Nintendo Power, except it as it went on, it started coming with games because they were so <laughs> desperate. <laughs> like full on, like, like full game. Full, so Christmas nights, the game that is 
we played. We mm-hmm. played Christmas nights. Yeah, that's came right. Came for free with the magazine. Wow. Like they were like, please, God, if you've got a Saturn, well, here's a game. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> I think it also, like, when Dreamcast came out, it was, you know, like all magazines has been discontinued unless it's Time magazine. And it's watching, like, Time and Life and all those big, like, National Geographic is now, like, could mummies come back to life? Like, they're all right. becoming such trash. Yeah. But like, could they? No. they can't. Anyway. <laughs> no, Matt. I mean, I haven't read the article, so I don't. I don't know what to think. You know what? It's your turn. I'm done talking. <laughs> what if a mummy like the the like um, the wrapping came undone around his crotch, and you like saw his dick? I'm just gonna. <laughs> mute, like fucking I'm just gonna mute my headphones, and when you guys uh-huh. are ready to like, when you're when it's the next question, just like wave at me, okay? Just wave. <laughs> Real quick, you were talking about the the Christmas nights, like the CD pack-in coming with the get with the magazine. That was a big shift, and that was a big reason Computer Gaming World started to be less popular, is because PC Gamer came along, and PC Gamer's whole gimmick was every issue came with a CD that had demos of other games. It was like this huge, like like you know seismic shift where it went from being like okay these this is a this is a a a collection of game criticism and games journalism to this is an advertising vehicle for publishers and includes a demo disc for all their games and then we are going to write fawningly uh but independently you know about these games within the 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 pages of the publication so that was a big part of how computer gaming world tailed off well, a couple of things I did like about Computer Gaming World, like one is that they they didn't have review scores, which was a big thing for like they were just like stubbornly like we're not going to say a game is out of five stars or out of ten or whatever. And then they also would like assign reviewers to beats, basically. So like this one reviewer I like I used to like this uh, pseudonymous reviewer Scorpia, and uh, she just reviewed RPGs. Like that was her whole thing. She was basically wow. on the RPG beat, and she just was like really thoughtful and thorough on on evaluating RPGs. Uh, she had her little like you know things that she was fixated on, like what she called kill foozle endings, which was a, an ending with a bit with where the the end the very end of the game. This is most how most RPGs end, how most video games end is a big combat encounter with one big enemy, and how that's like kind of tired. And anytime you can get it, create a game a, a different sort of ending set piece, um, it feels refreshing. But uh, yeah, you 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 mentioning the demo disc just just triggered that that PC gamer like thing that that was that was such a that was such a, a a big thing in in video game magazines there was a there was a magazine that i subscribed to that only lasted i think like five issues where the entire magazine was on a cd rom wow and it was basically like a precursor to the internet what like you would it would be an article with like a little tiny thumb sized video clip or like a music track and it was pre like bandwidth being available to download enough that an article could be multi-dynamic. Right. Yeah. It was, it was terrible magazine, but I was so, (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, look at this. It's I'm reading, but there's like animation in the corner. And now you shut all that shit off immediately and put like any website into reader view. So you can eliminate everything. Everything you can about a website experience. Matt Abadaka, what's your what's your magazine slash website? I well, yeah, I mean, I had a subscription to Electronic Gaming Monthly. And mm. I for years and years 
had stacks of them in my room. And I feel like maybe a couple, maybe a few years ago or something, I must have tossed them like when I was moving or something. I was like, what am I going to do with these? And now I wish I had them because I'd just be so interested to look back and see like which ones I like, like really like loved. Cause I was, I was just such a fan of the writing in that magazine. I thought everybody was so funny. Um, and like, it would just show me stuff. I would just get excited to see like pictures of new games. Cause like at this time, the internet was still new, if that makes sense. Like it was like, Mm -hmm. it, it was not new, but it was like new to have in your house. So like, you wouldn't necessarily like, if I wanted to see anything on a video game, I, I follow like the like Xbox Reddit or the PlayStation Reddit or Nintendo Switch Reddit or gaming or whatever. I just I could have access to any information on any video game I could ever want. Right. But this was just like you never knew what you were getting. It was always really exciting and like the cover story might not be your favorite thing or whatever, but there was always something in the magazine that I really, really loved. I also really liked Game Pro, but I was subscribed to EGM and I would occasionally get the um the official um PlayStation Magazine, uh, OPM. I would, I would usually, I would get that sometimes if the cover story was something that I want. Because I, I feel like that magazine was like five dollars, and when I was a kid, I was like, that's a little too rich for my blood. I was like, I can't ask to get a five dollar magazine. Who am I? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, as console as console gaming magazines went, I definitely was an EGM kid. Uh, although I liked Next Generation a lot too. Yeah, next, next Generation was great. Edge was great. Oh, yeah. Next Generation was great because they had, like, matte cardstock covers. Yes. Like, that was so thick and hard, and you pick up this thick, hard cock of a magazine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't even, right? I didn't really. Yeah, what? No, I didn't, didn't, didn't make the connection. Yeah, I didn't get and it. And you suck the ma- no, you, <laughs> you jerk open the pages um when i pick up a magazine i sort of read it like it's like a book i don't really i don't know what you're talking <laughs> about it seems like you did it differently heather just dude i do see here that the, chest. what <laughs> <laughs> i do see that um in the year 2000, the magazine's width did increase from eight inches to nine inches. And that is something that I do see on the on the Wikipedia for, for Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm not joking. That is a fact on this Wikipedia. Wow. <sighs> it's not my fault. I know. I'm whatever you want. <laughs> All right. That's the first question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear another one. All right. This one's from Luke Perez, and they write, Hello, my name is Luke Perez, and I love the show. I can be a fan of spooky slash horror games, and news just came that Dead Space, one of my favorite franchises, is coming back, and the Assassin's Creed Valhalla director is directing the remake. What director slash studio would you like to see take charge of a new game or franchise? For example, I've never played a Kojima game, but I would like to see him make a Bioshock game. Oh, Jesus. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Luke. That's nice. Good question. Um, Okay, so we're pairing an existing studio or an existing creator with an existing franchise. I mean, I guess the, the place to start is what's a franchise that needs revitalization? 
or what's a franchise that's never really caught up with the times? For me, I kind of feel like, has there been a proper 3D Castlevania? Has there been a Castlevania wow. in the third dimensions that everyone's like, yes, we love this. This is a great execution of it, of this concept. I don't think so, but maybe there's one I'm missing. There, I mean, no. The, not, not really, right? No. The, Dark Souls is effectively 3D Castlevania. Like, it's well, not- that's where, Heather, that's, thank you very much, because that's where I was headed. Whoa! I think a from, like, and you know, whatever, this is impossible because they're different publishers, it would never happen. But if, you know, give Miyazaki the reins, some sort of licensing agreement, figure it out, give Miyazaki the reins to the Castlevania franchise. Let him take uh, take control of a t- take command of a Belmont, and have him face off against Dracula, traversing Dracula's castle in three dimensions. Uh, let's see, uh, let's see what that feels like. I don't know. I feel like that could be something. Yeah, no, that's a that's an excellent. That's awesome. That's great. Um, I can't. I mean, like I. So many of the games that I've loved in my life have fallen off. Director, like you'd be like, oh man, the guy who did Mega Man, we we should give him a, and then you play the games he's made recently, and it's right, Mighty Number no. Nine, and you're like, oh, oh no, or like, what's that guy's name, Yuki Naja, or you, mm-hmm. what, Yuji Naka? That's it, the dude who made Sonic, and his most yes. recent game is like dirt. Dirt reviews, like yes. we should play it on the show, right? Because everybody hates it, universally hates that game. Yes. So not be like, oh man, you know, it'd be great is a fucking Mega Man made by the Sonic guy, or vice versa. Like super fast Mega Man would be awesome, like run and gun Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Nope, don't want that. So Fallen Wonderworld was the the recent flop. That was the twenty twenty one flop. There you um, go. From Yuji Naka. We should, yeah. we should play that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I think we kind of have to. Yeah. Maybe it would maybe be good. I don't know. Um, Ye- so I guess my answer then would be, I want to see a Final Fantasy game from Suda51, uh, which who's the guy who did um, No More Heroes uh, from Grasshopper Manufacturer. Oh, wow. Like, Give that guy a uh, a full blown giant budget game, right? And just you know, I think he also was like a protege of Kojima, so it's you know, that's my, I don't know, but put it, that's there you go, that's the. Uh- what? But I, I think you're kind of getting at the 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 difficulty of this question, which is that. You know, a lot of a lot of the, the the name developers are maybe people who have like had like just just because of the slow decay of time or because it's hard to get projects made or or gaming trends shifting faster than someone can keep up with. Like so, a lot of times, maybe their best work is behind them. Um, and so that maybe makes part of the exercise difficult. I will also say that, like, you know. I don't know. I mean, a lot of times it's like like when I think of a like a like a more auteur game creator, game developer, someone with a really strong voice and vision, I kind of was like, oh, I kind of want them to just keep making their own stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, it would be interesting to see, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more, uh, you know, Lucas Pope, who made Obra Dinn, 
um, and papers, please. It's like, I kind of want him to just keep making his, his Pope stuff. Yeah. Yep. And by which I mean young Pope. Give him the young Pope <laughs> franchise. I was more of a two Popes guy. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's, a, it's an interesting question because like not, nothing that I'm coming up with is like is satisfying. And I think for that reason specifically, Nick, like I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, it's sacrilege to even say this out loud probably, but mm-hmm. Neil Druckmann could probably make an interesting Metal Gear game. It wouldn't be so as weird as Hideo Kojima, but he, the way he crafts story, he, it would yeah. be compelling. And like, I don't know, Naughty Dog could make a Metal Gear game and it would be, it'd probably be halfway decent, you know? Um, right. It wouldn't be Revengeance, you know? It, it, would be, it would have the mechanics that you would like in a Metal Gear game and it, it, it would be interesting, but it wouldn't be funny in the same way. It wouldn't be... Um, uh, like horny in the same way. It wouldn't be anything right. that you like it like Hideo Kojima games to be. And I know that we are always saying how great he is, but he's just he's got that extra that extra flair. And like Corey Barlog from the um, God of War franchise, as far as I I mean I don't know what other games he's made, but I know that he's done all the God of Wars. And I'm like, well, I mean I don't know. It's hard to place him on another project because I'm like, that's what he makes. Like, it's hard to remove him from that because I know he's the, he's the Kratos guy and I'm sure right. he could make us, he can make something good or, you know, have input in making something seem interesting, but I just don't know. I don't want him to do like Mario or something, you know what I mean? Or like, he could probably handle a Prince of Persia because it's similar enough, but... Maybe it's more like what's a what's an existing game franchise? More just like what's an existing franchise or existing IP? You yeah. know, is there I, mm. like I I don't know when there's when there's when something gets adapted that I don't expect, like you know, there was that eighty days mobile game where they just they they just uh, they adapted around the world in eighty days, and it's just sort of like oh that's not that's an unexpected source material for a video game. Yeah. I'm almost like let's let's see you know let's figure out some unexplored because that's also the thing with God, with God of War or with Hades is that we're using public domain existing source material right like we're using existing stock characters uh, from from mythology and that that can give you something interesting. Yeah, I'm also almost just like some of these people should just maybe try to make a movie too. Like, it, I, I, and maybe movie directors should also try to make a game. Like, yeah, just give be- Halo to Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Let him <laughs> fucking, uh, like, take off the helmet. Let's see the man. There you go. It's probably a girl. Ugh. I mean, I, I, I am a girl, and that would bum me out if it was like... <laughs> No, but like it I just don't know. seems like there's no reason for it. like it just okay yeah I it can it could be it could be Master sure. Chief could be a girl yeah but there's just sure. tell me you wouldn't watch a a film directed by Hideo Kojima I would line up for weeks to see what that was because that would just be whatever it could be I could never dream of uh, like I just couldn't think of it. Well, also where that's that was a generation, the yeah. a generation that's that's older than us, where that was making games that were so influential in our youths that like like hit like Kojima. I get the sense of just kind of like that. He kind of that was 
what he was almost like wanting to do is like be a film director, be someone who was making films and, and ended up landing in video games. And certainly Hironobu Sagaguchi, who ended up directing Final Fantasy of the Spirits Within, which is awful. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's also a thing of just like, it seems like movies was the ultimate goal. Whereas we have this younger generation of creators who I don't think that's the goal necessarily. No. I think it's just like, they want to be making games. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were inspired by games and got into it. Game, yeah. Games were new when some of these other guys wanted to be banking movies, and they got into games. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, anyway, sorry for some unsatisfactory answers there, Luke. But uh, good question. Just a tricky one. Um, we got time, I think, for one more. Let's one do it. more query. This one's from, from George Olixson from our email. And, and, and they write, hi, guys. My question for the group, have you ever heard video game music, quote unquote, in the wild, meaning you're in the last place you would ever expect to hear it? I was half asleep during when the Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony came on the TV. It immediately woke me up uh, hearing the procession open with the Dragon Quest main overture, then shift to songs from Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, Kingdom Hearts and others as a video game. As a video game music nerd, it was extremely exciting, but prompted a quizzical and exasperated look for my wife. Also, in my show-going days, a shitty local hardcore band opened their set with bloody tears from Castlevania. Wow! Yeah, how about that? Good question. I mean, you took the big one, which was the Tokyo Olympics yeah. was just like, that was such a, it was unexpected, and I think, I mean, the, the only redeeming thing about that entire fucking debacle uh, of an event that should not have been held, but it, it, yeah, it did video game music in the wild. Anytime we've ever come across that. I mean, one thing, this isn't exactly it, but I remember when Dragon Force, their big, you know, their big kind of the closest they had to a mainstream hit, uh, the 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 metal band, modern uh, modern metal band, uh, through the fire and flames, like just before a dueling guitar solo. They play like a Mario pipe noise, like you're ducking down into the underworld. And I remember when the first time I heard that song, I was like, whoa, it's the uh, they went into the Mario, the word, the I'm like 31. They <laughs> went into the Mario pipe and then started shredding on guitar. Um, so that was one. That's one that came to mind. I have I don't think I've ever heard. I, I can't I mean, like I've. I feel like I'm fabricating a memory of hearing video game music at like a Starbucks or like a coffee shop. Like, I feel like maybe I heard like, oh, I think this is from Fable or some shit. Like, mm -hmm. but no, I because the people who like and I want to I want to make it this clear to our listeners, the people who like video game music are too embarrassed to go outside <laughs> and <laughs> I almost got a spit take out of Weiger. Took a big the, swig of coffee. The, almost ruined we, my microphone. We don't, we don't, nope, none of us. I mean, like, if I wear a PlayStation shirt out and I'm at a restaurant and the waiter sees the PlayStation shirt and says, like, oh, nice shirt. There is a moment of mutual humiliation that happens at the right. instantly between both of us is we're both like, I'm I'm wearing PlayStation. And he's like, I've just said hello to PlayStation. Like it's 
<laughs> I, I um I, yeah. I I used to work. I used to live in Santa Monica near near where Naughty Dog is, and I would occasionally see like Naughty Dog employees out in the wild. But one time I saw a guy at a liquor store, and he was wearing a Naughty Dog. He was wearing a Last of Us shirt, and I was like, "Oh, did you work for Naughty Dog?" And he was like, "Like, yeah." I was like, oh, did you work on that game? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. I love it. He was like, oh, thanks. But the whole interaction was like, is this psycho going to kill me? Because I think like if you <laughs> if you work for a game studio and you encounter someone who you encounter a fan in reality, you're just afraid for your life. So. <laughs> so I, I, I yeah, I don't know. Um I'm trying to. Think. I feel like there's there's definitely something I've I've experienced where I've seen where I've heard game music, heard a band cover a song or something like was mentioned. There's uh, um, uh, there's a song by Drake called Six God that mm-hmm. samples uh, Haunted Chase from Donkey Kong Country Two Diddy's Diddy Kong's Quest. Wow! Um, and I remember hearing that song and being like. Is that Donkey Kong Country? And then having to like look it up and then being like, God damn it, he did it. Drake did it. The son of a bitch pulled it off. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such an odd, you don't, and I think there's a um, Childish Gambino track, and I can't remember which one it is now, that samples the, um, that water level from Donkey Kong Country. Rappers like Donkey Kong. Everyone likes Donkey Kong. That's true. It's a universal right, right. truth. Well, hey, we didn't answer any of your questions. <laughs> <laughs> but send in more. Send Twitter and Instagram it. at GetPlayedPonder. Send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAY. That is 616-275-2933. Until the next episode, DLC a later. DLC, bye, Bucket. Dia, uh, oh, Fuck. Um, <laughs> DL DLC uh, uh, everyone there you go oh I just remembered my friend's wedding he played my friend's wedding had his someone saying snake eater while his uh, while he was walking down the aisle so there's one snake eater from Metal Gear Solid 3 at a wedding that was I, a big surprise that was great you know what it, it's uh, it just missed the buzzer and I am I just gonna, remembered it I'm cutting this out it's not even gonna make it in okay <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.